I'm Toby Wilmot. Welcome to my podcast. For the last two weeks, we've been listening to Ravens as read by my father-in-law, Jim. And this week, I have a new story for you. Now, in Ravens, a lot of things go unexplained, which I make no apology for, because I am the author and I am drunk on power. But don't worry, I'm not going to go all lost on you. Questions must have answers. And today's story is set in the same universe as Ravens, so keep your ears open for clues. It's a short one this week, and it's called Monument. In the middle of the desert stands a column of glass and asteroid metal which reaches up into the haze of the desert sky. It was to be a life beacon. It was a symbol that the desert was conquered and that the thirst of the world was quenched. It was named the Hexarch. All around the arcology there grew a forest. Not a forest of trees, but of thousands of vertical farms in rank and file, growing fruit, vegetables, grain and grass. Robotic farmers sliced up and down their central rails, reaping and sowing and reaping and sowing. Then they delivered the harvest into vast underground storehouses, where more robots sorted and ground and chopped and packed and baked. The water for the arcology came from the ocean, too far away to sea. When it arrived, it was pumped to the top level, where it became part of a new ocean, the Sky Sea, which was held up as easily as a cloud suspends vapour. The surface of the sea was dotted with floating islands, where the luckiest of the citizens lived and worked. The water on which they bobbed was filled with creatures of the ocean, fish, algae, squid, sharks, rays, dolphins and the children of the clones of the last whales. The very water in which they swam was intermingled with an invisible school of nanobots, computers the size of molecules which measured currents, temperature, salinity and a thousand other changes in the sky sea. At the bed of the ocean, the water flowed into desalinators before pouring into the god column, the life provider of the arcology. The water thundered through it and poured out in sequence to become the lakes, rivers and waterfalls of the Arboretum where the citizens lived quiet lives under the shifting light from the sky sea above. The rest of the water continued down the god column to the highest metro floor, a level on which a whole city was built. The nanobots would follow the water right into the homes of the citizens and into their bodies where they dissolved into harmless molecules after a final upload of data. But the nanos weren't just in the water, they hung in the air and coated the surfaces. They warred with bacteria in kitchens and against cancer cells in lungs. They measured noise and traffic, and they grew organs and bones. The nanos were everything, and all of their data was uploaded into the mind of Hex-1, the intelligence who controlled every system in the Hexarch. With each new byte of data, the system became more and more perfect, and the lives of the citizens became ever more secure. In those days, the sky around was dotted with the floats, hulking freighters and ornate pleasure ships, their windows pressed with workers and tourists and the faces of the children who had been gathered to become the new citizens of the Hexarch. For them, wells would never run dry, crops would never burn and war would not set foot in their homes again. But the same would not be said of their descendants. Now Hex One is dead and the God Column is silent. No power or water runs through it and the airflows are clogged with dust. 
the farms are empty of crops, and the harvesters are frozen to the rails from years of dust and waste. The sky sea is dry, and the buildings which once stood straight on the floating islands point outwards at strange angles like whale bones. The arboretum has become a desert all its own. The lakes are craters, and any trees that still stand are white and dry. The metro floors are hollow and dark, littered with the dried-out aftermath of the evacuation. There is a speck on the horizon, jutting out from the sand. It is not a rock, but a ruin. It is the resting place of the last float to leave the Hexarch. When Hex 1 died, so did every system in the Arcology. All of its energy resources became unusable, and the float, left in disrepair, underfueled and overburdened, full of the last refugees from the metro floors. The engines of the float failed, whilst they were still within sight of the tower, and thousands were stranded in the sand. At first, they stayed in the wreckage, hoping for a miracle to lift them from the earth, but soon they had all left it behind, unable to resist the glint of water from the hexarch. Those who survived the desert crossing foraged the empty cities for supplies and drank the arboretum dry. They waited for more floats to come, or for the world to start again, but in the end they waited for death, and slowly they became one with the dust and the nanobots. Now the Hexarch is silent, a monument to a time when humans had mastered existence. They had mastered peace, they had mastered provision, and they had mastered machines. But now the sun beats the desert and its light refracts through the glass of the Hexarch, shifting from white to blue to blood red as the ancient star scans the ruins for life. You've been listening to Monument, written and read by me, Toby Wilmot. The music you heard today on the podcast was Anna by Cinematric and Dazed by Jerris. This week, I would like to thank my brother, Harry Wilmot. Last weekend, I spent some time talking with him about my ideas for this story, and if it wasn't for his input, it would only come out half as good. So thank you, Harry. And of course, thank you to you for listening. You can get in touch with me on Twitter, at Toby Wilmot, and of course, via my blog at tobywilmot.com. I should really start work on my next story, so that's all for now. I'll see you next week. <laughs>